Amen. That's a, that's a special song. You know, it's good to see a mother and her two daughters serving God together as the Zavala's do. Uh, it's, a, it's always been a blessing to me. And to see them singing a song such as this, you know, that's the key. One of the biggest keys to life is just being in need of God all the time. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall see God. Let's turn in our Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and I think verse 58 is fitting for the time. He that endureth to the end, the same shall be saved, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24. It's, we are not going to stop, and uh, we're not going to just, we're not going to stop. That's the right word. I'm, I'm not going to stop and stay put. I'm moving forward. And so... We want, to, we want to memorize chapter 58. I think it's fitting for every Christian. I think we ought to memorize that and say it to one another and exhort to one another daily as you see the day approaching. We have to continue doing this because why? Our labor is not in vain in the Lord. So let's stand together as the train goes by. This is good. Got some good background noise. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 54 through 58. We'll read these responsively together, which means I'll read the first verse. Then you read with me the second verse, and we'll alternate and so on. So we're starting in verse 54. It says, So when this corruptible shall I put on incorruption, and this mortal shall I put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Let's all read verse 58 together. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And let's pray. Father, I ask that thou bless the reading of thy word. And now as we speak concerning these verses, uh, we ask the special blessing would come through the hearing of it and the studying of it and then the living of it to follow. And we ask that you'd give us grace to do so. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. You may be seated. With all that goes on in the world, now I think about, we're talking about a battle today and having a winning spirit. And I know that in the heart of football season, you, you, they want to win the day. And it's always, it was always said that uh, defense can win games. And then they say defense can win a championship. On a rare, rare occasion, that could be the case. Very rare. It's no. The case is offense wins championships. Offense wins championships. That's what I'm going to speak about today. You know, here in this verse... This is the final ultimate victory that we will have in Christ because the Bible says death is the last 
enemy to be destroyed. We will overcome that by overcoming the grave. We will rise from the dead. We will receive a new body, which we just read about, incorruptible body, immortality. Immortality has to do with the body living forever. We can't say that now. We, our uh, bodies are getting older by the day. We're starting to see death coming closer and closer. But that's just a short thing because Jesus said He will return and call us up out of the graves and we'll get a new body. We'll go home with Him in glory. And, and then you start saying, Nan, nah, nah, to death. Where is thy sting, O death? Grave, where is thy victory? So he said that the last enemy destroyed, this would be found in verse 26, is death. It's the last one that has to go. Jesus will overcome death. We know that to be a fact. And we praise God for the promise of the resurrection of the dead. You know, those uh, who've gone on before us, they have gone to the grave. They've gone to what the Bible calls their long home. They're there now. Some have been there a long, long time. Some have been recent uh, departures. I believe those who have gone on before us are probably remain in some fashion the same state that they are when they were on this earth. They will be noticed as who they are on this earth. Notice, they didn't get their glorified bodies yet. That have, we all get them together at the second coming of Christ and the resurrection of the dead. So you think about this. When the witch of Endor called Samuel up, and he came out from below. He came out of Abraham's bosom, and he came up. What did he look like? Did he look like a fresh 33-year-old man in his prime with uh, just a power of a 33-year-old? No, he was an old man wearing a mantle. He was the same as he went when he passed away. We know that he was without the flesh, so he no longer suffered, but he was an old man as he came up. Now, this is, this is uh, important because one day we will all receive a new body in Christ. And I want you to look here. What we read in verse uh, 54, how many times the word victory is used? In verse 54, it says, death is swallowed up in victory. I love that. And then in verse 55, it says, Oh grave, where's thy victory? You have no more hold over me. Just as death and the grave held no, held no power over Jesus Christ, He promised the same for us. Now Jesus spent three days in the grave. Some people may spend 3,000 years in the grave. But the death will not keep them held. Because He said, Thou will not leave my soul in hell. Thou, thou will raise me again. And then in verse 50. Eight, it talks about this wonderful, wonderful, or actually verse 57. Thanks be to God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So winning the battle, winning the war is the theme. And that's where we get to verse 58. This is how you're going to win. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. And he basically says, every work you do in the Lord is going up with you when you go to judgment day. So 
memorize this verse. It's an important verse to know. Christ will ensure total victory. The believers should be celebrating victory even on this earth because it's promised unto us. And he said, but thanks be to God which also always giveth us the victory. Thanks be to him who always causeth us to triumph in the Lord Jesus. And also, we are more than a conqueror through him who loved us. So what did the Bible teach us? This is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ, that's the victory over the world in itself. Your faith in Him grants you victory because all victory comes through Him. So Paul gives us three words here in verse 58 for, this, uh, for victory. That it will ensure it. Now look, Paul gives three words. The first one says, be steadfast. You see that word steadfast? What does that mean? To sit? To be sedentary? Yeah, to be fixed on one spot. I am steadfast. You're not moving me. I noticed this, that this, this wall cracked. The Christians should never crack. We're on a foundation of Christ. We're steadfast. We're on Him like a rock, because Jesus is the rock, the Lord Jesus Christ. Steadfastness. Then He said unmovable. Unmovable means rooted. Solid. Not taken from one place and then moved to another. No, you can't move this. You, know, you can't push back something that is unmovable. It remains fixed. I always hated the game Red Rover. Y'all know that game. Because nobody ever wins. Because they always pick on the weakest link. And they're going through that weakest link. And it just goes on and on and on. The Christians shouldn't have that weakest link to where they get, he blow, the enemy blows through you very simply. No, why? We're unmovable. We're steadfast. We're unmovable. And then thirdly, always abounding. Interesting about abounding. When you study that word, it means not only to abound, it means to superabound. Like you, you know if you use a super ball. Children love super balls. You can, you can drop it right here. If you push a little, it's going to rebound up and go higher than your hand was. And then you're chasing it. That's, that's Christianity. If you do go down, you're rebounding up. And you're super abounding in excess, moving forward. And I love this. This is a biblical, this is a warrior term of I am going to win the day. I am going to move, move forward and be superior in battle. That's what he's saying. We've already been guaranteed the victory. We've already been guaranteed it. We must go out and live it. So steadfast. That's neutral. It just is. I'm not changing. I'm steadfast. I'm true. I'm steadfast. Unmovable is defensive. You're not pushing me back. I'm like a, what do they call that? The iron wall. You're not moving me, forcing me back. In, uh, in uh, martial art terms, a good horse stance. You get in the right kind of horse stance, you're unmovable. They shouldn't be able to take you out of your stance. I'm set. It's defensive 
mode I'm moving. And then lastly, abounding is offensive. You're going to run over your opponent. They're not taking you. You're overrunning them. Always. What's why Paul said? Always moving forward. Always pushing outward as you defend and stay put. That's what it means. Gaining ground. Neutral. My heart is fixed. I am what I am by the grace of God. I am on the solid rock. I am fixed as who I am. Here I am. This is me. Defensive. Psalm 18, verse 2, he says, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler in the horn of my salvation and my high tower. The Lord is my rock. Psalm 61, 3 says, He is a strong tower from the enemy. The reason we're unmovable and steadfast is that we're on Him. And He is our high tower. Proverbs 18.10 says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower to them that believe, to the righteous. Psalm 31.3 says, Thou art my rock and my fortress. See, the rock is the unmovable. The fortress is you're not penetrating and pushing me back. Psalm 59.3 says, God is my defense. God is my defense. And I'm unmovable. But what we want to talk about is the offensive. Always abounding. You know what that means? We're going on the attack. You know the old uh, statement Jesus said, occupy till I come. That doesn't mean what they did in the Alamo where they go sit and they hold the fort no, did you know Davy Crockett made a statement? I want outside these walls. I'm not gonna, I don't want to die in these walls. I want to be out fighting in the field of, on an offensive mode, not dying trying to hide behind a wall and defend something. He had the right idea. He had the right idea. Luke 19, 13 says to occupy till I come. We're not hunkering down, hiding out, trying to just survive till Jesus comes. No. We are abounding. We are moving forward. Now, I love the old song, Hold the Fort, but I'm not holding the fort. I want to move forward. The Christian doesn't live in oh, uh, World War I trench warfare where you gain a tiny bit of ground, then you lose back the ground you, you've gained. And I think the whole war was fought with just in a few miles. You know, they never... Overran the opponent and won. It was always giving and take, moving forward, moving back, and there was never any unmovable. And then there was never any always abounding. They probably really never really wanted to win is the problem. You know, the old give an inch, take an inch. No. Uh, huddling up. Taking it. Holding out. Holding on. Till Jesus comes. I'll just take every punch Satan throws at me and I'll put up with it and I won't quit until Jesus comes. You know, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. I remember when I was a kid, I tried this. I, I, got, went, I went over to Martin Junior High, the little bitty run of a fellow. I was 12 years old 
And I got put in a school with a bunch of guys a lot older than me. So they always knew they could pick on old Russell. There was a guy named Martin Franco. He bragged that he was a Golden Gloves boxer. And he used me as his uh, test bag. Old Martin Franco. He used to beat me up a lot. You know why? I sat there and took it. I was afraid of him. I took it. One day he caught me in the stairwell. Said, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna rough up Russell James again. <laughs> he did. Between the second and the third floor. Said, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get over. I almost called myself Brother Russell. <laughs> said, I'm gonna get, I said, I think I've had enough of this. He can't hurt me anymore. So I hit him right in the mouth. I said, I'm not taking it anymore. And he loved me for it. He, you know what he said? You're my friend from now on. <laughs> By the end of the year, we sat and ate lunch together every, every day for lunch. And because I didn't take it anymore, I said, I, you know what? If I, I, it got to, I was a good fighter. For some reason, I was intimidated by this guy because he lied to me and said he was a Golden Gloves boxer. It worked. I don't think he was one. <laughs> he lied to me. Turn over to Ephesians since we're around here. Chapter 6. How do you win a war? You got to be offensive. I don't think America does that anymore. But here's how to get victory right here. The famous verses. Look what it says in verse 10 of Ephesians 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You see that word stand? For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may hunker down and hide behind the wall. No. That ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Verse 14, stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having the blessed prayer of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So you have stand, withstand, stand, having done all, stand. That's what he says. Stand. I'm fixed. I'm, set, I'm sedentary. Stand, therefore, and be steadfast. That's what he means. Don't. You put on your armor and you stand. I'm a soldier of the cross. I endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, like it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2. And then in thir verse 13, he uses the word withstand. Withstand's unmovable. I'm withstanding. I'm withstanding. You know, some trees can handle a hurricane. They, stand, they stay rooted. They sway back and forth with the wind, but they don't lose their root. They, they withstand. When the evil day comes, they stand there and they take it because they are unmovable. Paul said, I've been through a lot. 
none of these things move me. None of these things move me. I'm going to get in my tower, which is God, and I'm going to take it, and I'm going to withstand. And the winds are going to blow, the storms are going to come, the waters are going to rise, my house is going to stand because I founded it upon a rock. I'm standing here. That's why some people that go their whole life, they're still standing at the end of their life. Some people fall over pretty quick because they set their house upon the sand when they started. They did not set it on Jesus Christ. And so they, what do we say? I started out to win, I will win. That old roll-off song. I started out to win this race, to serve the Lord and to look upon His face. When the way seems long and the road gets rough, this one thing's for sure, I got my mind made up. Y'all ever heard that song? I got my foot on the rock and my mind's made up. Though I walk through the lonely valley and I drink from the bitter cup. When the devil comes a-knocking, showing me an easier way. I stand right flat on my feet. I throw my head in the air. I look him straight in the eye. I say my foot's on the rock and my mind's made up. Fixed. My heart is fixed. My mind's made up. I chose Christ. This is my way of life. I'm not bending and I'm not going back. And you're not pushing me back either. You're going to attack. Man, I got my shield of faith to, fit, to quench anything he shoots at you. Grounded in the truth, like the Bible says, that my loins are girt with truth. I've got a breastplate of righteousness on. The righteous life that Christ gave me means he cannot quench all the fire darts of the wicked and I've got that helmet of salvation on that proves what I am when you see me in battle. And it won't bruise my head. Mm -mm. It may bruise my heel when I run over him, which is what Jesus did when he bruised Satan's head. He bruised his heel. Steadfast, unmovable, unshakable, but abounding, you know, Unbeatable. How about this one? Unchanging. You know, I'm not going to change just because a changing world keeps changing. I'm going to change. I'm not changing. I'm steadfast. And so having done all, I stand. But let's talk about the offensive here a minute. You know, you've done all. We try real hard. You read your Bible. You pray. You get around the right people. You set your life in the right manner. You're trying to do right. You're trying to live right. You got the armor of God on. You know you can run to the tower of God for safety. We do it all the time. I'm hiding in thee, for thou art my hiding place. You put your bulwarks up. You fortified your life. You're trying your best. What do you do now? You sit there until Jesus comes? No, you attack. You attack. The best way to win is offense. You're never going to win a war or a battle trying to defend yourself only. Offense wins in Christianity every time. You know, it's one thing to not let the enemy beat you and get too much, out, uh, too much on you. That's one way. But it's a whole other level to you be the one doing the beating. It's a whole other level if you're the one that is living in victory. 
not just trying to keep him from getting victory over you. Most people think this is the Christian life right here. Holding out, holding on, taking a beating, and just standing. Instead of, I'm going to take it to the enemy. I'm going to go out in the highways and the hedges. I'm going to compel them to come in. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, go. Not to sit. He said, go. Not just to resist the devil and he'll flee. Attack. These things which you have heard and seen in me, Paul said, do. And Paul was the greatest at this. Now, let me give you some statements here before we end the message. I think it's important. Number one, Christianity is not stationary. It's not stationary. It's, you're always either moving forward or back in your growth or your digression. That's why somebody will say so-and-so backslid a little bit. But we're usually, we're growing in grace and knowledge. And you grow in grace by learning more. God said this. Growing in grace is, by, is through learning and knowledge. We're abounding in Christ. You don't become a Christian. Okay. You never become a good Christian by not sinning. You say it. It's a start, right? You never become a good Christian by not sinning. You become a good Christian by working righteousness. The offensive. You know, what the problem is, is laziness is just a form of rebellion. Not trying to, to win for God. It's just it's basically a form of laziness. You know, quality Christianity is not saying, hey, I'm going to quit watching TV. Could help a little bit, especially the stuff a lot of people watching. No, quality Christian living is vibrant, moving forward, living for God. Amen. Remember that. Now, number two, victory comes through activity. Activity kind of goes with what I just said being active, being busy for Him. Actually, victory comes through the basics reading your Bible. That's offensive, not defensive. Church attendance and serving within the church, serving within the, uh, the community, doing your best, being a witness for Christ. These are ministries. Caring about others and learning and caring about someone besides yourself. Those are all active modes of abounding. Not just sitting, moving forward. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Never has been. It's not a spectator way of life. It's not. Number three, what you got to do is you got to learn to launch offensive attacks against the enemy. Not wait for them to come to you because you know it's coming. Prevent it by hitting him first. Don't huddle down and take it. Dish it out. You know, by going out and serving God in the world. Occupy. Till I come, we're going to gain some more ground. We're going to hold it. We're occupying. I'm going to gain a little more ground. I'm going to hold it there. I'm going to set up and be steadfast. I'm going to set up and be unmovable. Oh, now we're set. I'm moving forward. I'm occupying. I'm going to gain some more ground. I am going to grow in grace. And the kingdom of God is going to grow as a result. And the kingdom of Christ. The kings of Judah, you know, a lot of the kings of Judah, 
They spent their whole time fortifying. They built up the walls. They put the bulwarks up. And they, they prepared for the enemy to attack. And you know what? The enemy attacked. And the enemy usually won. Oh, David, he was different. David was out there in the field fighting the Philistines and winning almost every time he went out. There's a reason. He did what we're saying here. It's interesting how in Christianity, a lot of people abound and abound. They're always on an offensive mode, while others are too busy worrying about holding the little bit they got. Worried somebody's going to take it. David's out there conquering kingdoms. Some are in there trying to figure out how they're going to hold out until some more uh, reinforcements come. It's that old, far, that old song, uh, reinforcements now appearing, victory's nigh. Yeah? I like the ones who said, we're not getting any reinforcements. We're going out. We're going to fight. We're going to occupy and overrun the enemy. Number four. This is interesting to me and important. Begin each day expecting to win. You know, some people, they, they wake up in the morning and they're already beat up. They're already expecting to lose. They don't even get out of bed. They've already taken, they've already expected, well, I'm going to lose this one, I can already tell. I expect that. They don't have victory mode. They don't have abounding in their heart. Man, I, you may take a rough one, but get up thinking you're going to win. You know, approach the day from a winning standpoint, not a losing standpoint. And not a struggling standpoint, but a moving forward and gaining ground standpoint for God. You know, wake up swinging. Get out of bed taking some swings. Not How they do it? That's it, right? Yeah, that's it. So you have two different types of shields out there. One of them is called the defensive shield in old warfare. That's what they had in the Bible. That's the big shield to keep the darts from hitting you. And, you, you know, it's your big shield. They can't get me. I'm just going to sit here and hide behind my shield. And then those who are on the offense had the buckler, which was a smaller shield that they used as they had an offensive weapon as they're out attacking. And God said, thou art my shield and my buckler. You got to have both. You hold out, and then you attack. You hold out, then you attack. Before you know it, you've gained all that ground. You've gained a whole kingdom. You know, you look, if you live this way, by the end of your life, you'll look back and you'll go, look what God did. Look what God did. It's worth it all to be victorious for God. Take the battle to the enemy. All right. The Bible says when Jesus comes, I'm out of time here. I have plenty more to say. But when Jesus comes back, he's going to completely be victorious. And he's going to be so victorious that when he comes out of heaven, he'll be a white horse. He's going to be clothed in white, pure and holy and righteous. But by the time the battle's over, it says his garments are dipped in blood. His vesture is soaked in blood. The horse is traveling through five feet of blood. The horse is covered, and he comes back to win the day. And he's not all bright and shiny in his white linen clothes still. No, he's in his battle garb. He went out to fight. He, not, you know, there's, not, there's two ways of glory here. There's really no other ways. 
You either go out and you die in battle, a glorious death, or you go out and win and you come back with the victory parade after you fought the fight. The cowards that stayed home had no glory. They sat back and they hid out. You think about this. You know, the whole, there's a lot God wants you to have. But he wants you to have it for him. Go out and get what he wants you to have. Why would you not take it when God promises you can have it? Why does there have to be weakness and worry and batting the hatches and hunkering down and riding out the storm, taking what the devil lashes out? So if you go back, I'm almost done, but if you go back to Ephesians 6, having done all to stand, you know what he calls us after if you'll do this? This is what God calls his people, his church. This is what he says of us. Is this us? The strong ones. That's what he calls us, the strong ones. Not the weaklings. The arm of God. This is all found in the Old Testament. God's people are his arm. The terrible of the nations. The terrible of the nations, more than conquerors in Christ. Not just conquerors, we're more than that. Because ours is spiritual. Everything we are talking about here today is spiritual warfare in Christ. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. So if you fail, what do you do? You super abound back. You don't hang back where you lost it and just give up. You abound forward, always abounding in the work of the Lord. You know. And what do you do? You got stronger. You gained experience. And you become superior now because of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'd say we ought to hit the enemy hard. We should give it all we have. Of course you keep your guard up. Of course you're defensive. Of course you're uh, steadfast. But you go get what is yours. For the sake of God. Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as you know, your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Guaranteed victory. Guaranteed victory. Uh, let's, let's bow our heads.